And welcome back to another edition of a Yeah Guys podcast. I am your host, Aram, and I'm joined with Parker, Tony, and Josh. Let's get right into it, gentlemen. Uh, we'll start with week six for college football. Let's go back to that action. Um, Josh, like we normally do for college, let's start with uh, Clemson's dominating win over Boston College. Uh, what do you think? Yeah, um, I actually think the score makes it look worse than it was. This this is a game that I felt like Clemson really struggled to get going early. It was like the uh, the red bandana game for Boston College. So it was like a obviously the players, fans were you know super fired up, um, and Clemson. It just felt like they weren't really able to to get it going early. Uh, they. Yeah, it was. This game was only ten to three at halftime. Um, there was a little bit of controversy, if you will. The Boston College coach seemed a little upset that Clemson seemed to be running the score up late in the fourth quarter when it was pretty clearly out of reach. Uh, Dabo said after the game he was just trying to get the team in rhythm because uh, I guess they, like I said, they kind of struggled offensively for most of the night. Um, so, I mean, I guess that's something to keep an eye on heading into next week, but the, the defense honestly was uh, very good. Got Xavier Thomas back, which was huge for the defense. Brian Brzee was out. Uh, it feels like we can't ever have a fully healthy defensive line out of our starters, but uh, they did they did a pretty good job. And uh, secondary also stepped up, made some big plays, which is huge to see, considering they got absolutely torched in the weight game. So, uh I know it was like a, a big win when you just look at the score, but honestly, it didn't feel like it was that impressive of a, a win. But, uh, so, a win is a win, I guess. So, yeah. yeah. I mean, <clears throat> Clemson heard that they're back in the win column. I mean, um, or not back, but they, they continue to win games. So, good to, good to see that. Uh, moving on to some uh, top 25 action. We saw BYU go down to Notre Dame uh, in Las Vegas. So, Notre Dame kind of gets their uh, season back on track, 28 uh, to 20 in Las Vegas. Uh, Bama kind of squeaks out a win at the end there. Uh, maybe we can talk about it later, but Texas A&M with a uh, uh, questionable call at the end of the game um, when they have a chance to win. Um, in Bama, so um, I, I don't think Bryce Young was playing, but um, inevitably they got the win. Alabama did 24-20 against Texas A&M. Uh, Georgia kept rolling against Auburn. Ohio State on the road 49-20 to against Michigan State. Uh, and Michigan with the win 31-10. to It was a little bit close uh, at halftime, but uh, Michigan kind of pulled away in the second half. Uh, just like we uh, went over Clemson 31-3 to against Boston College. Uh, USC, uh, Caleb Williams continues his uh, pretty good season with USC 30-14. to uh, Oklahoma State with a win against Texas Tech, 41-31. Uh, and then Tennessee with a dominant win over LSU, who was 25th ranked. And I think that's probably the last time um, they'll be ranked for the rest of the season. But I guess we'll see. But uh, not a good showing for them. Uh, and I, I think it was a neutral site. Tony, can you confirm that this was not played in LSU, was it? I believe it was. Oh, was it? Okay, because I was watching a highlight and I just saw a bunch of Tennessee fans. I just, I don't know if they just travel very well, but um, that stadium was decked out in Tennessee fans. So or they get the win 40, yeah, 40 to 13 um, on the road. Uh, Ole Miss, they, they stay undefeated, um, 52 to 28 at Vanderbilt. Uh, UCLA with a, a dominant win um, against Utah at home and they go to 6-0 as well. Uh, Chip Kelly's got them boys playing well uh, there at UCLA. Uh, Oregon with a win, 49-22. Um, and Kentucky going down without Will Levis at home, 24-14. 
um, South Carolina with the win on the road. Um, and then NC State survives against Florida State, uh, 19 to 17, Wake Forest with a dominant win. Uh, TCU on the road against Kansas uh, kind of silences the, the Kansas crowd in their undefeated season. Uh, but uh, Kansas, they hung in there 38 to 10, or sorry, 38 to 31, TCU with the victory. Uh, Kansas State with a, a 10 to 9 win against Iowa State uh, on the road. Uh, Arizona State actually with the upset at home against Washington. Uh, Mississippi State with a big win and Cincinnati squeaks one um, home win against South Florida with a 20-24 victory. Uh, Tony, we'll start with you with all the games being played. Uh, what kind of stood out to you uh, on Saturday? Well, for me, it was uh, UCLA. I, I would say um, I definitely was a doubter of them. I thought Utah would come in with a lot more fight. And UCLA, uh, I, I think it was a really spirited affair, but I think UCLA made the plays when they uh, needed to. Came up with a clutch uh, fourth down stop that ended up being a fumble, and they returned it, uh, which would have ultimately they would put it in the end zone. Um, a great, great game from Dorian Thompson Robinson. He did throw a pick six late, but they were up by still a good margin, so they still won by 10. So um, definitely kind of shocked by that, but a big win for uh, UCLA. So that's kind of my thing that I, I saw the most. Okay. And Josh, other than uh, Clemson, did you kind of pay attention to anything else going going on around the league? Yeah, man. Uh, Texas beating Oklahoma 49 to nothing. I think that was probably one of the biggest surprises of the week. Uh, I figured Brent Venables, you know, a defensive mastermind. I figured, you know, I, I kind of expected their offense would struggle this year, but at the very least, I figured, you know, they would be better defensively than they have been in the Big 12. But, uh, yeah, so, I mean, I mean, their season was probably over already, but at this point, it's regroup and get ready for next year, I guess. Yeah. Um, one thing for me that stood out, I guess we can go to Pitt, their running back, Israel Abanaconda, actually had six touchdowns for them um, with their win against Virginia Tech. So uh, that's one thing that I kind of saw, which is really cool. You don't see that every day, six touchdowns for one player. Yeah, so... Um, big for Pitts to get that performance out of him. Um, and we can go over the results for our picks. Uh, Parker, you had three and a half. Uh, Josh, you had three and a half. Tony, you had three and a half. And I had two and a half. So taking the oh, hell this week for, <laughs> for college football, at least. But um, moving on, um, Tony, if uh, you have any headlines, uh, inju injuries to go over before we predict uh, week seven for the for the college football season. Definitely got a couple uh, big ones. First of all, the one that you mentioned to me earlier, uh, quarterback Jalen Daniels for the Kansas Jayhawks uh, suffered a grade three right shoulder separation, ugly uh, injury in their loss this past weekend to TCU. Um, he will be out for the season. Um, he's been a main, obviously being their quarterback, a main threat on their offense. So it's going to be a tough loss for them moving forward. Um, kind of, Still, uh, with uh, Bryce Young missing this past weekend, uh, their game against Texas A&M to uh, some shoulder stiffness or soreness, um, Saban still is kind of undecided at this point. Um, he's kind of more hopeful than, I guess, confirmed. Um, so we'll see. It's a huge game this weekend at Tennessee, so they're going to need him. Um, we saw some pretty sloppy play this past weekend with with their backup freshman, uh, Jalen Milrow, 
Um, I thought he played a really good game, but I think the team just overall, you know, they had four turnovers, really sloppy. Um, so definitely got to get that. And I think Bryce being there would definitely help. Um, we talked about it also this past week. Um, Arizona or Arkansas, the other uh, Arkansas, um, their KJ Jefferson, their quarterback is uh, believed to be playing this upcoming weekend against BYU. Um, last week sat out against Mississippi State. We saw what happened. They got thoroughly outplayed. So big game against uh, BYU coming up who lost to Notre Dame, as you said, so they'll have some pride. Um, so definitely getting uh, KJ uh, Jefferson back, who's pretty much their offense, uh, pretty much uh, is going to be really big for them. So um, I would say that would probably be my main news. Um, I don't really have anything else. I guess we could just talk about the the rankings real quick, the updated ones. Um, so let me get to my thing here real quick. Um, so we have Georgia and Ohio State moving up because of their solid performances. Uh, Alabama, with their kind of shaky win, they dropped to three. Um, some other notable situations. Um, Tennessee goes up two to six, or goes up two spots to sixth. Uh, UCLA, with their big win, they go up seven spots to 11. Um, TCU goes up four spots with their win on the road at Kansas. Um, another kind of big jump was Mississippi State. Their win over Arkansas moved them up seven spots to 16th. Uh, Kansas State moved up three spots to 17th. Syracuse uh, got a big win as well this past week, so they move up to 18th. Pretty shocking. Uh, Utah, uh, surprisingly, Kansas did not change ranking at all, even though they lost. Um, kind of interesting there. Um, Utah, with their tough loss, they dropped nine spots, as well as Kentucky dropped nine spots. Cincinnati's up to 21st. Um, and then we do have three new uh, ranked opponents, uh, ranked teams, I should say. We got Texas at 23, uh, Illinois at 24, and Aram's favorite, James Madison, coming in at 25th. Um, some teams that did lose their ranking, uh, BYU, Washington, and LSU. Kind of shocking there with uh, with at least BYU and Washington, but that's the uh, kind of rankings, I guess, at this point. So that's really all I got. Yeah, perfect, Tony. Um, let's get right into the Week 7 schedule here. We'll start with 10th-ranked uh, Penn State at 5, Michigan. This should be a good one early morning, uh, 11 a.m. game. Uh, Parker, we'll start with you. Michigan is favored to win by 7 at home against Penn State. Big game. I'm going to take uh, Michigan with this one. I think they got a solid running game, and I think that'll lead them to victory. Yeah. Um, Josh, what, do you, what about you? Yeah, uh, Michigan being the home team, um, I'm definitely inclined to, to roll with them as well in this one. Okay. Tony, are you going to go with the upset? or? Uh, I think I'll go with that team up north. Uh, they got to win at Penn State uh, last year, pretty gritty. And then also, um, I think their defense is just a top defense. They've, they've killed it. Their offense hasn't been amazing, but yeah, their defense has come up a lot. And I think they'll shut down Penn State and they'll win by seven. So, yeah. Okay. Yeah, I'm with you guys. I think Michigan, they have a dominant team at home and uh, Penn State's good, but I think Michigan's just uh, a little bit uh, better. Um, but moving on, we have 19th-ranked Kansas at Oklahoma, and this this line is – I think it's getting worse. I'm not – Tony, is there an injury for Kansas I'm not seeing? Because I see uh, Oklahoma being favored to win at home by nine points. 
Tony, is, uh, there, well, is there anything to see here? Oh, I mentioned, remember, Jalen Daniels. Oh, Jalen Daniels, gotcha. For Kansas. Okay, yeah, that makes a lot more sense, Parker. Are you still taking Kansas here? Or are you uh, are you siding with Oklahoma? No, 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 no. I'm going to take Oklahoma at home with this one, especially with their quarterback being out. Okay, and Josh? Oh, um, yeah, I, I don't think I can take Kansas here. I mean, Oklahoma looked bad last week, but nine – Nine is still a lot. You know what? No, I'll I'll go bold. I'll probably regret it. I'll take I'll take Kansas to cover or Ooh. Kansas plus nine. Yeah. Okay, I like it. Gotcha. And Tony. You know what? I, I I'm gonna take Kansas too. I think Oklahoma's in shrambles right now, and uh, I think Kansas surprises them at home again. So I'll take Kansas plus seven and a half. Okay. Um. I. I don't really know the quarterback who's going to be replacing uh, Jaden Daniels, but um, I guess I'll take him <laughs> for, for the fun of it. Uh, let's take Kansas on the road here. So um, next up, one second, we have uh, third-ranked Alabama traveling to Tennessee. This should be a really good game. Um, Parker, we'll start with you. Tennis, or sorry, Alabama is projected to win by seven and a half on the road. Oh, that's a tough one. Um... I'll take Bama. I just I, I just can't bet against them. Yeah. And uh, Josh. Yeah, I think I saw something earlier. Don't know if it was accurate or not. Didn't really fact check it, but it said that you know the last time Tennessee beat Alabama, Nick Saban was coaching the Miami Dolphins. So uh, been been a minute, I guess. Um, personally, I, again, I think this is all going to come down to whether or not Bryce Young plays. But I I like Tennessee at home, honestly. I think Hooker's a, a solid quarterback. I, I have faith in Tennessee at home. Even if they don't win, we just saw AM keep it within a point or two. Right? I think Tennessee can keep it within seven and a half. So okay. uh, Tony, before we go to you, do you have any word on Bryce Young? Do you know if he's scheduled to play? Because I know he was close uh, last Saturday, but um, yeah, so last week he did set out, sit out. Um, yesterday he was reevaluated. Um, Saban did say hopefully we're going to try to get him ready to play this week, but this is something nobody can predict how quickly he'll get an opportunity to do what he needs to do. So, I, again, I think it's really up in the air. Ultimately, I really do think he will play um, just because, I mean, this is like a great game for him to kind of build his brand. Um, if, if he is, you know, Ultimately wants to go to the NFL. This is a this is a huge game that can can add to kind of his overall greatness. Um, I, I I think I'll take Alabama as well. I think it's pretty rare that we see them as sloppy as they were last week. Um, I think they'll definitely um, make you know make it evident this coming like this week uh, on ball security. So I think they'll be a lot better this week. Um, I, I will say though, I think. Uh, because of that, I, I think um, um, what am I trying to say? I think Tennessee does actually like cover, but I think Alabama wins the game. So I'll, I'll take Alabama, but I think uh, Tennessee covers, so they keep it less than seven and a half. 
Yeah, this is where it gets interesting because it, it should be a tight one. Um, and I know I I don't want to bet bet against Alabama, but with the spread being seven and a half, I'm, I'm exactly with you, Tony. I think Bama wins, but I think Tennessee keeps it close. Even um, with Bryce Young, they they had Bryce Young when they played at Texas, right? And they kind of struggled yeah, right. the road. I mean, it was earlier in the season, but yeah, I don't know. Mm -hmm. They've been kind of leaky this year. It's not like they've been dominating teams like we we're, we're so used to them doing. So right. um, should should be a good one. And next up, we have another uh, five and zero matchup. We have OK State eighth ranked traveling to TCU thirteenth uh, ranked. And I think right now, Parker, the the line is TCU minus four. Uh, yeah, I'll take them at home. I'll take TCU at at home. Okay. And Josh, uh, I think, um, you know what? I think I'm going to take Oklahoma State plus four on the road. I can see them winning this one out, right? Okay. And Josh, sorry, Tony. Okay, uh, great pick, Josh. I'm, I'm going to pick uh, the veteran uh, Oklahoma State team on the road. I think they got something to prove, so I'll take Oklahoma State. Uh, I think I'm going to stick with the home team. I'll I think I'll take uh, TCU, uh, but regardless, it's a tough one to predict, so um, that should be a good one. Um, moving on, we have 15th-ranked NC State traveling to Syracuse, 18th-ranked, and I, I think, oh, it's 5-1 and one, um, NC State's going to 5-0 and oh Syracuse. So, um, Parker, right now the line is uh, Syracuse by 3.5 at home. I'm going to take NC State on the road. Okay. And uh, Josh? Yeah, just a quick FYI. I'm not 100% sure that Devin Leary is going to be playing for NC State this week. I, That's correct. He's, he's oh. not. He's out for sure. Uh, I'm pretty sure uh, he began rehabbing the injury this past or yesterday, but the coach uh, muted about the possibility about his quarterback and if he would return in time for this coming week. So it could be this week or it could be six weeks. So he, he's very unclear on if he'll even play this week. Uh, so. Rip to my Heisman candidate, Heisman sleeper. <laughs> oh. Darn it. Yeah. Um, you want to change your Parker? No. You stay with NC State? Yeah. Okay. I feel you. Yeah, I'm pretty sure Devin Larry left the game and they were losing 17 to 10, and they still ended up winning that game 1917. So even with their backup at NC State, they they still managed to find a way to win. Um, for whatever reason, I just can't like it. I just can't get behind Syracuse. So I'm I'm going to take NC State on the road here, even with the backup. I'll take NC State plus three and a half. Again, I think this is a game with their with their defense. I think this is a game that NC State they can win outright. Yeah, and uh, what about you, Tony? Um, I I think I'll take NC State as well. Um, Syracuse came off a huge win this past week, but they played Wagner. Definitely not the same team as NC State. And I think we could all sit here and argue that NC State's still arguably probably the second best team in the ACC. Um, so uh, yeah, I'll take. Uh, I'll take NC State, even without Leary. Okay. Yeah, I'm with you guys. I uh, I don't really know too much about Syracuse, but I know that NC State has had a tougher schedule 
uh, than yeah. Syracuse, and I've kind of I fought just it looked off at a Syracuse's bit. schedule, and they haven't played anybody really. They played Virginia and uh, Purdue. Yeah, and both of those are Virginia's bottom tier, ACC, Purdue. Who knows? And they they beat them by three and two. So. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> next, we have uh, fourth ranked Clemson going to Florida State. Um, Josh, why, why don't you start this one off? What do you think is going to happen here? Clemson wins. <laughs> <laughs> gotcha. Uh, I, I do. I do think. Uh, I mean, obviously, like uh, Clemson beat NC State. NC State with a backup managed to come back and beat Florida State. Granted, they were at NC State in that game. Um, Florida State also lost by 10 to Wake, who Clemson barely squeaked by. Um, just trying to kind of compare common opponents. Uh, I think, you know, transitive property, whatnot. I feel like Clemson should win this game. So uh, I like Clemson, even in Tallahassee. I like Clemson here to cover. Okay. And uh, Parker, what, you, what about you? Yeah, I can't pick Florida State ever, so I'm going to go with Clemson. <laughs> yeah. And uh, Tony? Uh, I'll go Clemson as well. These these games, Clemson, Florida State at Florida State are always classic games. I think the atmosphere is incredible. Even at Clemson, too, I will say. This matchup just in general is really great. Um, but, yeah, I think Clemson's just a little bit more talented for sure. Okay. Way more talented. And- Yes, and Tony, I kind of, I, I kind of want to stick with you on this one. I'll, I'll take Clemson, but um, going on to the next game, I kind of want to stick with you, Tony. Kentucky, they're hosting 16th ranked Mississippi State, and Kentucky is 22nd ranked. Uh, Mississippi State is favored to win by six and a half uh, on the road. Tony, um, Will Levis, do you have a, an update on him, or is he is it kind of just up in the air? Uh, let me check. I, I see here that he returned to practice, so that's uh, that could be. It that could be a situation, me. yeah. It, yeah, it could be a situation where it's the line is minus six and a half Mississippi, and then if will if will let his place, it might go a little bit lower. So we'll just go based off of what the line says now. Uh, anything okay. to add, Tony? Uh, I haven't seen anything to be honest with you. Um, I would bet that he probably does play because this is a huge game for them, and he wants to get out there. Um, but at the end of the day, it is the coach's decision. Uh. Yeah, I, I'll, I'll say he probably does play. Okay. If I had to guess. And Parker. Okay, Parker, with that being said, um, who do you have here? Looks like Mississippi State on the road, six and a half. I'll take Kentucky. Okay. And Josh? Yeah, I'm, I'm almost inclined to take Kentucky being the home team, you know, especially with Will Levis back. But same time, Kentucky just managed to lose to South Carolina at home. Um so, I think I'm going to take Mississippi State in this one. Okay. And Tony? Uh, yes. I, I will take um, Kentucky as well. Also, I just want to say uh, in a tweet, they did say that the offensive coordinator said that he's trending in the right direction. So, it seems like he is going to be playing this week. At least he's on pace. To see. I'll take Kentucky to cover. Or, uh, I'll take Kentucky plus seven. Or Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, honestly, I like Mississippi State. They've kind of proved me wrong. I think I've picked against them quite a bit this year, and they, they've had a really good season, and I think they kind of continue that on the road against a beat-up quarterback situation um, in Kentucky. So 
Uh, I'm going to take Mississippi State uh, on the road to cover. Uh, next to end it off, we have seventh ranked USC 6-0 uh, traveling to Utah. Uh, four and two coming off that loss against um, UCLA. Parker, the line right now is uh, Utah uh, by three and a half at home. I'm going to take USC um, in this one. I think they just have too much offensive firepower. Yeah, definitely a, a big test for Caleb Williams. So what about you, Josh? I like USC as well. The fact that Utah is favored, I get that they're at home, but three and a half. It almost makes me wonder if I'm missing an injury or something. But, yeah, with three and a half, I like USC. Okay. And Tony? I am as well. I uh, I really don't understand the, the over-under because Utah is coming off a really disappointing loss, and they now have two losses. U USC, I mean, granted, their offenses looked at times kind of like hit or miss a little bit, but – I mean, they, they always find a way. So, yeah, I don't really know. So I'll take a USC plus three and a half. Yeah, that's, that's a good point, Tony. Just, I, I watched a little bit of USC last week, and they did show inconsistencies. But uh, ultimately, they, they do have a good offense, and they did score points when it mattered. So it uh, should be a big test for them uh, nonetheless. So um, that would that'd do it for week seven, guys, in college. Let's hop over uh, to the NFL side where uh, we will start. One second here. What week were we at? We are we were at uh, week five. So um, we'll kind of start with um, Thursday night football. It was not the best game to watch, but it was close. Uh, the Colts <laughs> come out with the win on the road, uh, twelve to nine. Just a lot of stuff going on with this game. I mean, I don't know if you guys want to talk about it after when we recap, but just a lot of stories with the Broncos and their inability to really do anything when it matters. Um, uh, twelve to nine, the Colts win on Thursday night. Uh, the Giants with a win in London against the Packers, 27-22. Um, and then the Bills with a dominant win, 38-3 against the Steelers. The Chargers on the road, um, kind of fighting off their own head coach and his decision to go for it on fourth and two. Brandon Staley um, kind of put his team in an awkward position when they didn't make it. But uh, ultimately, Cade York, I think, uh, for the Browns, missed the field goal, uh, and the Chargers ended up winning. Um, and next, we had the Vikings 29-22 over the Bears. Parker, we can start with you with uh, your recap of the game. Well, <laughs> in the first half of the game, uh, we just – it just seemed like – like I mean, it was pretty much over 21-3. to And, I mean, uh, we had nothing going. I mean, Kirk was 17 of 17 in this game to, to start off this – this game, which is a Vikings record, and our defense just looked like like we, I mean we we looked like like they knew what we were doing and we were letting them just do it. I mean Justin Jefferson, he had they done that whole that same thing the whole game. I don't know why they stopped doing it, but they stopped for some reason. But had they done that the whole game, this dude would have had 400 yards in this game, 400 easy yards in this game. In the first quarter, he he already had 100, 100 yards in like seven catches or something like that. This dude could have broke the catch record and the receiving record in this game. Aram, do you know why they stopped throwing the ball to him? I think things got a little tighter. I think the Bears kind of they, – they're known for their adjustments in the second half this year. So, I mean, I think that's actually something 
the Bears actually played better in the second half. I think that's an actual thing. Their defense, they tightened up in the second no, half. No, I know it is. I know uh, it is. But but the thing is, is that no no matter what, how many adjustments that we make, we don't make the adjustment for our, the the smartness of our players to get out of bounds when, you know, it really matters when the, when the game is really on the line to just drop down to the ground. We have a timeout, a few timeouts, and, and uh, over a minute left in the game. I just don't understand why why you're trying to fight for extra yards when the yards don't really matter at this point in time, you know? I don't know. It's just uh, Justin Fields had his best day uh, as a pro. Um, funny enough, against Minnesota, I mean, I don't really – I take it with a grain of salt around because I, I feel like you guys make these, these like, trash quarterbacks, like, look pretty decent whenever you guys play them. So I just I, – I, not right to say that Justin Fields is trash – but, but, I mean, all these other quarterbacks, Cooper Rush, I mean, they're looking like all-stars out there. Brian and, Hoyer, back in the day. Brian Hoyer, all these guys. I mean, yeah, it's just it just seems like a trend. And Fields didn't have even a great day by any stretch of the imagination the first half of this game, let's be honest. Um, but even 200 passing yards seems like – like, like, like we should build a statue outside of the stadium for this man. I mean, it's just, it's just crazy. The fact that 200 passing yards is, is something to be excited about. It's something to be raising our fist about. When Justin Jefferson had half of that in, rece- in rece- receiving yards four minutes into the second quarter of this game. So it just goes to show that, that we're still a long ways away. Our roster is very bare. Um, long, long drives to uh, to just give to just give all the momentum back and have have nothing. And I mean, seventeen play drives, fifteen play drives on defense. I mean, I don't know. That just is a recipe for disaster. So it's going to be like that for the rest of the year, um, Bears fans. So I, I don't know why anyone would be shocked that we lost this game or uh, anything like that. But I mean, the the fact that we only lost by seven was kind of insane. But um, I believe that was the line in this game with seven points, was it not? Yeah. And, and we, uh, all picked, we all picked Minnesota, right? No. I mean, um, I know. I well, yeah, yeah, yeah. You guys picked Minnesota and I picked against Minnesota, but at the end of the day, it's a tie because uh, it was seven. <laughs> and um, it was a seven-point victory for the Vikings. Right, right, which is just really just strange. So, but – Anyway, um, I don't know, Aram, I don't know if you noticed anything just trash about this Bears team that I didn't notice. I mean, we had a good second half, but I also feel like you guys just kind of like let off, like let off the break, like let off the gas in classic Vikings fashion in the second half of this game. There's always something every single week um, for me to complain about with the Vikings. I mean, okay, I'll, I'll give credit to Justin Fields. I personally thought Justin Fields was their best offensive player um, the entire game. I mean, in the first yeah, half, he did a great he, he did a great job of avoiding pressure um, and actually just tiring out the Vikings defensive line. And then in the, I think the fourth or third, late third quarter or fourth quarter, uh, we finally saw Ed Donatel make an adjustment to to put Brian, Brian Osimo, a guy who I've wanted on the field um, since the start of training camp. And he was, I think he was spying Justin Fields. Um, and I think that took away some lanes for him. But um, overall, I thought the defense for the Vikings kind of let off the gas, like you said, Parker. I think they were up 21 to three, and um, you kind of saw just lackluster effort uh, for the defense. I was showing you guys some clips of players not really 
um, going for tackles and kind of just standing, letting it happen. And um, I, that's one thing that I just don't enjoy from this defense this year. There's not really I need to complain, nothing to complain about with the offense because they were consistent. Uh, they put up points and um, a couple of missed field goals kind of left points off the board too. But um, nothing to complain about the offense. But um, when the team got a lead, defense kind of just took the um, they just it took a bunch of blows, um, chunks in the run game, and um, they didn't really show a lot of effort. So that's kind of <laughs> concerning for me because if you get a better team, no offense, Mark, if you get a, a better team to, to play, no offense, um, it. <laughs> it, it's not going to end well for the Vikings if they show this poor effort on defense, especially at home. Um, yeah, just for an example, I don't mean to compare the Vikings to the Bills because they're not even close, but uh, when the Bills got a 10 to three lead, they scored 21 more points in the second quarter and never let up. Um, and their defense was a big factor in that too, just allowing three points at home. It's important um, to kind of complement a good offensive day with an even better defensive day. Otherwise games will get close and that's exactly what happened with the bears. Um, so, I mean. And I would also just like to point out one play in particular in this game that really, I think changed where, where this game was going. And that is a uh, 52-yard Justin Field scramble for a touchdown, which uh, got wiped off the board um, due to a very just boneheaded, stupid penalty by a, a player that should have been cut on the spot on the day, um, if we're being quite honest with ourselves. But, um, I mean, we've seen the ability of this man to just get out of the pocket time and time again. Um, he only got sacked two times with – just a, a, a honestly a studded Vikings you know front front forward there. I mean there's there's Zadarius Smith, uh, Tomlinson getting back there, big guys, and he only got sacked two times. He got out of the pocket. I thought that the offensive line played decently well in this game as well. But uh, just one that that one play, a 52 yard touchdown that you know separates this game from you know coming back at the end from seven to coming back at the end from three or, you know, something one or whatever the score was, um, you know, just those kind of plays around my, th I think you guys had a lot of those kind of plays happen last year uh, when you guys were losing those one, one possession games. And it, it, it's the same thing in Chicago where we come down to a one possession game and we turn the ball over or make some dumb boneheaded play that, that costs us. Mm -hmm. And a couple things to point out for special teams for the Vikings. I know last week I was, like, amazed with how well special teams played. They crapped the bed at home. I thought this was um, one of their worst special teams performances. I mean, they're small, small things, but it makes a big difference. Um, one thing I can point out, I think coming out of halftime, we were kicking the ball away. And for some reason, the kick went to the 30-yard line. I don't remember a time where I've seen a kick go that short um, unintentionally, uh, unintentionally. So... <laughs> I mean, and then earlier in the game, we had Ryan Wright, a uh, punter that everyone's talking about now, um, punt the ball five yards, five net yards. And those are things that, I mean, you just can't do, especially if you, uh, you're leading at home. These boneheaded plays on special teams really kind of cost us um, field possession. And like you mentioned, Aram, against good teams, I mean, they're going to capitalize on those, on those mistakes. I believe right. you guys had a blocked field goal as well and another missed field goal. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's four things on special teams that you can look at and go, that's four touchdowns for a team like the Bills or a team like the like the Chiefs, you know? Four right. touchdowns, that's 28 points. Yeah, that, I think that's what's 
stopping the Vikings to uh, becoming a, an even better team is just, I don't know, making these boneheaded, uh, inconsistent um, plays on special teams. So, I mean, when the bigger, better teams come to town, it's not going to be pretty for the Vikings if they perform like this, but um, they were able to squeak out a win and Parker, uh, um, maybe, uh, I, I don't know when these teams play next. It's going to be a long year. It's going to be a long year for us. It is going to be a short week for the Bears, though. We'll get into that a little short bit week. later, but... Yeah, we'll, uh, we'll move on. Um, the Lions um, on the road don't score points in New England, and the Patriots kind of put up a classic Patriot-type game, 29-0 to zero, um, in their nostalgic um, jerseys. So uh, they were really cool to, to watch um, back in those jerseys, but um, they get the win at home. The Saints uh, hold off the Seahawks 39-32. Geno Smith kind of still continues his hot streak, but uh, the Saints kind of ultimately uh, put more points up. Uh, the Jets, uh, Josh will stop with this one, uh, kind of put a whooping on the Dolphins, but that's kind of due to what happened with Teddy Bridgewater, I think, one of the first plays of the game. So I'll let you take it over. Yeah, uh, I think this game, it, it was bad. I think the score makes it look a little worse than it was. I think the Dolphins were down late, and they had to be aggressive, and they kind of just dug their own hole deeper. Um yeah, basically the uh, first play of the game for the Dolphins' offense and Teddy Bridgewater just gets a free rusher off the edge. Uh, Powell drives him uh, in the end zone, so they ended up calling it uh, intentional grounding, which personally I thought it was a really bad call. There was a tight end pretty close by, but also he's literally like, you know, Got a guy in his rib cage when he's when the arm is going forward. Um, so just like that, we've ran one play on offense and we're losing two to nothing. So uh, and then Teddy ended up. They said he had a elbow injury, I believe, and was being evaluated for concussion protocol. Uh, I don't think he actually suffered a con a concussion. Um, not sure how serious the elbow injury was. Uh, but he wasn't able to return. So the Dolphins are left with Skylar Thompson, uh, a seventh-round draft pick out of Kansas State, who showed out in the preseason. And there were, like, Dolphins fans that thought he could be the backup over Teddy. Um, and they, they would rather have seen Skylar over over Teddy. I don't, I don't think that uh, he should have been playing over Teddy. Uh, but – he has the potential to be a future backup. I, I don't think he played as awful as Dolphins fans seem to think he was. It's, but uh, we, we just couldn't get much going offensively. Uh, the run game uh, was probably our best, our, our best game uh, running-wise that we've had all season. Uh, it looks like Raheem Mostert's like pretty clearly taken over that backfield. At one point, Chase Edmonds actually – had, I think, two drop passes, and they put Miles Gaskin in over Chase Edmond. Um, so that was interesting. And I, I think uh, on the defensive side, I don't, I don't even know where to start. I don't know if it's just scheme, injuries, a, a mix of both, but the defense has looked pretty bad this year. Uh, and, and so it's very possible that you know, Brian Flores was a large contributor to the Dolphins' defensive success last year. Uh, like I said, it, I know the team as a whole is really struggling with injuries. I'm pretty sure Teron Armstead left with a 
toe, turf, turf, toe, whatever. Uh, I think one of our backup linemen also even left injured. So we're down our starting tackles, uh, our starting two corners, Byron Jones and Xavier Howard, you know, and so, and we're down to our third string quarterback. So the injury bug really had us, uh, and we, we weren't left with much. But like I said, even still, the Dolphins, I mean, you let Zach Wilson hang 40 on you, you know, like, I mean, even with backups, I would hope they could keep it a little closer. I, I, I don't know. Like I said, I don't know if it's just Boyer's not able to do what he wants to defensively because of who he's got player-wise or players, I, I don't know. But the defense has just not looked good this year. And honestly, I could, if nothing else changes and Mike McDaniel sticks around, I could see him moving on from Josh Boyer after this year. And uh, Josh, sorry to add on top of that, um, but just a, a fun, I don't know if it's fun, but a quick note on it. Uh, the Jets snapped a 12-game skid against the AFC East um, with that win over the Dolphins. But um, there's obviously some things <laughs> the Dolphins um, endured in that game, which kind of led to that. So uh, I, I would personally kind of throw this game away um, and get ready for the get-right Vikings. Don't worry, they, they got your back. Um, moving on, uh, we have the Falcons and Buccaneers, and they'll, there's going to be a trend of um, this uh, conversation maybe in this podcast with the rough and the passer uh, situation um, at the end of the game with Tom Brady. But um, they, the Tom Brady, uh, Tom Brady led Buccaneers. They ended up winning 21 to 15 at home against the Falcons. Um, Titans with a, a close win against the Commanders with an interception to end the game. Uh, on Carson Wentz, um, and then the Texans on the road, 13-6, to get their first win on the season. Um, 49ers dominant win uh, against the Panthers, and we have a butt that is completely burnt toast. We will talk about that. Or Parker will talk about yeah. that after these scores, but um, the Cowboys on the road, 22-10 to against the Rams, who don't look good at all. Um, they are 2-3 and three now, with the Cowboys being 4-1. and one. Um, Eagles um, fend off the Cardinals with a with a missed field goal at the end um, for, I believe, Matt Amendola. I think he's traveled around the league um, and ended up missing the kick. Um, and now the Cardinals are 2-3, and three, Eagles are 5-0. and oh, And the Ravens, Justin Tucker nails a kick to uh, win the game for them, 19-17. to 17. And then uh, Monday night, things got uh, very interesting with another um, controversial um, rough in the passer call, but ultimately the, the Chiefs uh, ended up winning 30 to 29. And Tony, I am so sorry. Um, we will go back to the Buccaneers game uh, 21 to 15. What were your overall thoughts on that game? Uh, no worries. Um, I would say a little bit of progress. Um, I thought the defense played really, really well, um, had five sacks and kept the Falcons. It was kind of a bend but don't break defense, I thought. I think. The, they got a little bit lucky with the Falcons kind of shooting themselves in the foot. Um, offensively, it did take a little bit. I believe the uh, Buccaneers didn't get their first touchdown until the second quarter, but um, Brady looked really good. I, I liked the uh, the way that they used Leonard Fournette. Um, he didn't have that great of rushing yards, but he did get 10, 10 receptions. Um, so I liked that they kind of used him in, as a run and pass kind of um, receiver or running back, you, you know, just kind of using them at two positions. Um, I guess I'll, I'll just, I'll get to it. I think the, the, the penalty was pretty ridiculous. Um, if you go back and you watch the replay, there's, there's nothing there that warrants, um, 
roughing the passer in any way. Um, I think the ref said that it was the way that he threw him, but uh, like you're already tackling a guy. I'm not really sure how you're supposed to just stop mid tackle and like gently place it, you know, like it's, it's really technical and kind of ridiculous. Um, me being me, I can't really like sit here and hate it too much because it helped win, but it also in, in the back of your mind's like, well, I mean, we kind of escaped because of that penalty and we're able to run out the clock. So it's kind of like, well, I mean, I don't know. Cause the Falcons had a great fourth quarter, I thought, and the Buccaneers deep or offense looked like it kind of dried up there towards the end of the game. Um, they just didn't have a lot going. Um, so we kind of got bailed out with that. Um, so it, I think it was a, it was a good win in a way that our defense played a lot better than the last week against Kansas City. Now, again, I'm not comparing Atlanta to Kansas City at all. I'm just saying that the way that our defense, I think, performed a lot better, we're able to get off the field on third down. And like I said, anytime you can keep a goose egg on the other side of the score until the fourth quarter, that's pretty dang good. So um, a lot of a lot of positives, but still definitely some things to improve on. Um, they still ran the ball uh, 23 times, so a little bit more than last week for sure. Um, ultimately, didn't really work out too much. We still had less than 70 yards rushing. So, again, um, need to get that kind of worked on. But uh, I guess it'll just keep coming if we just keep trying. So, um, yeah, I'm. it stops the two-game losing streak, so I, I can't really complain again too much. So I'm just happy they won. Yeah. Um, and Parker, any final thoughts before we head to the, the news segment? Anything from you? Uh, no, not really. I don't think so. Okay. Um, for I, I want to get your guys' opinion on the rough and the passer real quickly. Parker, did you have anything to talk about with the rough and the passer? Did you see what happened uh, in those two games with it and what, what you thought about it? Yeah, I did. I, I... I actually would like to 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 bring that up and about how, how how people always just say you know oh Brady gets the call because he's Brady and all this stuff, and I it's it's crazy because I I feel like I've I've seen many times in my life Brady get screwed over by the refs, just as many times as he's gotten favored by the refs and Mahomes is the same way, so I mean to me it's they've got to be able to review the penalty is what I think they need to do. They need to actually sit down and look at it in slow motion to see if, you know, this player is actually, you know, throwing this dude to the ground. Because when he grabbed him, I mean, he has them like this and they're falling to the ground. It's not like he's like, you know, slamming him to the ground like that. So I, if they need to do anything, they need to be able to review the penalty if they call it to make sure that it's accurate or not if they're going to, you know, be throwing it in, in these decisive moments. Yeah, and uh, to be fair, Chris Jones, he put his hands on the ground at, like like he was trying to stop the momentum from happening. So that right there should tell you everything we need to know about his intent uh, on the sack. So I just don't understand it. Josh, what do you think? I think it's honestly, like, it's crazy the fact that, like, a defender can have the football in his <laughs> hands and still – get a roughing the passive penalty, you know? Mm -hmm. um, there's obviously the controversy, you know, if these calls happen in the first quarter, you know, it's maybe it's not a big deal, just an extra first down, yada, yada. But when it comes to, like, a fourth quarter game-sealing drive, 
that's you know, uh, that's when it feels like it's a it's an issue, I guess. Uh, I actually really like Parker's take. If they could, I, I think they do, or at least they are able to review in college, but you know it's that would, good. Yeah, yeah, that would require the NFL having to admit that another football league does something better than them. So I don't know that I would count on that too much, but I think a review something needs to be done. I feel like because it's like. It's football. It's the most violent, content-heavy game that there is. You know, content. You like. You should expect it. You know. Uh, I saw a pretty crazy or funny tweet where somebody said, "Like, it's wild to think that you know that call on Brady was a roughing a passer, but it's like, but this was legal." And they showed like a highlight of him back in the day, just you know, like getting his helmet knocked off, absolutely cleaned, and it was a no call when he first started. You know, so. Um, I feel like you have to understand when you're playing football, it's a contact sport. Hits are going to happen, you know? Uh, like, I don't think – like, I understand you want to protect the players, but, you know, I mean, what are you going to say next? Like, oh, the offensive linemen can't, you know, or tight ends can't go low, you know? Or, yeah. I mean, defensive linemen, they can't go at an offensive lineman's knees. I don't know. Like, uh like, how far do you really want to go with it if you're concerned about player safety? It's a contact sport. Injuries are going to happen, you know? So, mm-hmm. I don't know. It's it's kind of annoying to see, but especially just an issue when it comes up late. And it feels like it kind of can swing a game one way or the other. Mm-hmm. And, uh, Tony, what about you? I've always kind of been a fan of the whole uh, – going off of Josh's and Parker's points, too. I've always kind of been a fan of the – college uh, feel or uh, view of it where you can call a penalty for targeting or whatever, but you can go and review it and see that if it's actually warranted. And if it's not, you can pick up the flag and move on and no harm, no foul. Um, I feel like that, again, would really help. Um, Again, it would be probably more specifically just for personal foul penalties. You can't, you know, review other penalties, I I guess. But yeah, I I just feel like it, it needs to be changed because like as, as uh, Josh was saying, like some of these penalties like affect results and like teams get a loss because of a bad call. And again, I know we're human and we're not perfect, but when you see a situation like that, when it's pretty clear cut um, and we, and when we talk about how, how physical and violent this sport is, it's really hard to be in the middle of Play and like be able to like hold up or like recognize oh I can't tackle this guy this certain way because I'm gonna get flagged. Um, it's just kind of ridiculous to be honest with you and kind of embarrassing to be honest. Also, you could bring back the sky judge even you know like I think yeah. maybe the umpire referee union might have had an issue with that because they don't like having somebody immediately be able to chime and be like oh you're wrong like right. or, hey we need to take a look at this you know but. Even bringing the sky judge back to have a quick look and be like, yeah, you, you missed this one, you know? Like, mm-hmm. at the end of the day, I just want to see him get the call right. Um, exactly. And, I mean, by the book, I'm sure some of these are still technically penalties, but I don't know. It's, it's a little annoying, I guess. Yeah. Josh, what you just mentioned about kind of the rules being just by the book, that's what I kind of see the league going. That's where I see it going. It's, it's too to the book for me, and I guess football is not being played. It's just kind of, uh, did you do this right? Did you do this right? Let's look at the textbook to see what the rule is and see it. I mean, it's not football anymore at that and, point. It's kind of I don't think more rules nitpicky. are going to help it, you know? Mm-hmm. 
And let's say the the Falcons they they do get off the field they have a chance to I, did they have a chance to win the game I, yeah they did they have a, they had a chance to win a game with with a touchdown and anything could happen in the NFL and the Buccaneers they didn't score a point in the fourth quarter so you give the the Falcons the ball who knows what could have happened and um, it could have been a different story um, today that we're talking about so these these rules um, and these determinations are being made um, and they're costing teams like big time. And uh, I'm sure a guy like Arthur Smith, I don't think he his job is in jeopardy, but um, he hasn't won much with the Falcons and something like this. You just feel bad for the guy because he has to deal with the uh, poor roster. Um, he inherited most of this roster and uh, he's getting kind of screwed like this uh, against a good team when he had a chance to potentially pull off a road upset. So um, I guess we'll see what happens with the rules in the future. But um, Parker, let's start with you with any uh, news, uh, injuries, or updates that you have here before we predict week six. Well, like you mentioned, uh, Matt Rule got fired. Uh, honestly, not much of a shocker to uh, you know anyone that kind of follows uh, this game. Um, you know, even like last year, I, I think there could have been a minute case that he could have been fired. So honestly, uh, not too shocking to me uh, just to uh, start off the news. Um, a trade has been made uh, between the Falcons and the Browns, I believe. Uh, Deion Jones, the middle linebacker for the Falcons, was traded to the Browns. Um, I don't know what the compensation was, but he is on his way to uh, Cleveland. Um, some injuries. Uh, Harris, the Patriots running back, is set to miss multiple games with a hamstring um, injury. So that's Going to um, open it up for uh, Ramondre Stevenson to get some work in at running back. So uh, that's nice to see. Um, um, I don't know if you guys seen the comments that uh, Ron Rivera made about his quarterback uh, totally ripping him, uh, throwing him under the bus. I mean, when I seen the the, the words, I, I couldn't quite believe it uh, that he was talking about his own quarterback like that. But um, hopefully, you know, Wentz has tough skin. Uh, he is... Uh, Washington Wentz and Captain Command Captain Carson, so Car Commander Carson at the end of the day. So I, I really hope that he has uh, tough skin. And going back to the uh, roughing the passer rule, the NFL uh, is set to discuss it uh, amid the outrage. So we'll see what kind of uh, great things that they come up with uh, in their discussions. Um, I don't really think... I seen much anything else. Uh, did you have anything else, Ram? I I don't. Um, I think you covered not, it all. Not many. Not many like injuries. I know the Rams are struggling mightily right now. That's kind of some news. Uh, the, yeah, that we can cover that. The Devonta Adams push. Uh, he he shoved some guy that was just walking by after the uh, struggling loss there uh, last night. So, um, you know, we just seen a player lose his temper uh, clearly and push a guy down to the ground. And, um, yeah, I, I get it could be made soft, but at the same time, like, he's a professional. Uh, this isn't, you know, some Bush league. So he's got to keep his emotions in check. He gets paid a lot of money uh, to play wide receiver in this league. So uh, that guy had nothing to do with uh, why he lost the game and, he honestly should be, you know, pushing his own players to the ground if, if he really feels uh, some type of way. So uh, I don't know if you guys have any thoughts about that. 
Nothing. I mean, nothing much. It is, uh, you don't, you shouldn't see an athlete do that, but, um, if the consequences will be, will be had for Devontae. I don't know about you, Josh or Tony. Good. I don't think I would have sued, you know, but I probably wouldn't have ran in front of an athlete right after they just lost a, a divisional game with the camera in his face either. So, I don't know. I'd, I'd personally feel honored if I got pushed by Devontae Adams. I, I would be – Thank you. throw the rage out on me, I'd say thank you for that. I'll remember that forever. I was the punching bag for Devontae Adams. Uh, that's just me. <laughs> <laughs> um, Parker, we'll, we'll stay with you. Um, I guess we'll – to start week six. Uh, I think we're already – yeah, week oh, six. No. Thursday Stop. night football. Oh. <laughs> Bears hosting <laughs> the Commanders. Carson Wentz coming to town to command the commanders. Um, the line is even, so it's just a pick them, Parker. Um, oh, actually, I see here that it says it. It says here that that is negative one for Chicago is what I see. Let's see if I refresh. Let's see if they changed it on me uh, while we're doing the podcast. Mine still says um, it still really? says even for me. Yeah, over under thirty-eight. On mine, it says it says negative one for Chicago right there. Hmm. Regardless. But regardless of who, regardless, that's interesting that we're even favored to win this game uh, anyway. So I'm going to take um, Washington Wentz, the Commander Carson, in this game to win against the safety cones because we are going to be wearing our all-orange uniforms this week with our bright orange jack-o'-lantern helmets that we're going to be wearing this week. So uh, we aren't going to be uh, hard to miss on the field um, especially when we're doing all the holding and uh, interfering with our quarterback running down the field on touchdowns. So we'll be able to get flagged easily in this game, looking like safety, uh, safety cones. Um, and the commander Carson-led Washington Wences are going to win this game. Uh, <laughs> driving around the safety cones in this game. So I think that Washington wins. Okay. A uh, bit of a healing process for Ron Rivera and Carson Wentz that I see. Uh, so, Josh, what do you think? You know, honestly, when in doubt, I kind of just tail the uh, the Bears fan here. So, usually <laughs> the past two to three weeks, whatever Parker has picked in the Bears games, I kind of I've been ride. right, though. I've been right. I mean, this guy obviously knows his team better than I would, so I kind of just tail – Tell Parker, and it's kind of worked for me. So if he's taking the Commanders, you know, I'll I'll take the Commanders and Carson Wentz in this one. And uh, you, Tony, are you taking Commanders? Well, I'll take I'll take the Carson Commanders as well. Looks Washington like we have a commanding Wentz. sweep. Yeah, we have a commanding <laughs> sweep here. <laughs> <laughs> Moving nice. on. Um, I actually wrote these games kind of out of order. So I see um, Niners, Falcons next, but I wrote down Vikings at Dolphins. So we'll start there. Josh, we'll start with you. Uh, Dolphins hosting the Vikings. I'm still unsure if Tua is going to be playing or Teddy's going to be playing. Quarterback um, is just unsure for, uh, for now for the, for the Dolphins, but the line is um, Vikings by three on the road. What do you think, Josh? Yeah, I'm not sure. Um, I honestly wouldn't expect Tua to play. Um, I saw, like, he actually has projected points on the ESPN Fantasy app. Uh, and so I think some fans are maybe a little overly optimistic that he could play. I wouldn't really expect him. 
like I said, I think if Teddy clears concussion protocol, I I would ex I like which I'm pretty sure he will. I think the issue for him is going to be his elbow or whatever that that was. Uh, but I I think at least Teddy can go. Uh, I don't know that they rushed to it back out there yet. Um, but I think at least Teddy could go. And if so, that could be a bit of a revenge game, right? Uh, <laughs> again, uh, I don't know. Tyreek Hill was also seen in a walking boot at the end of the game. Uh, McDaniel said he's a quick healer, but, I mean, who knows? He's obviously a huge piece of the offense. Uh, I do expect Xavier Howard to go. They held him last week. I'm expecting that he'll match up against Justin Jefferson uh, for the most part. Uh, last time we saw him, they kind of threw him on uh, T. Higgins, and you could tell he wasn't 100%. Um, he, he didn't really look all that great, or at least not up to his standards. Um, and so I'm kind of rolling under the assumption right now that we'll at least have Teddy out there. Um and uh, I looked up some stats, and I actually think the uh, the Vikings are the tied for the worst record in the league this year against the spread. Small sample size. Small sample size. They're they're one and four against the spread. Now the Dolphins are only three and two, so it's not like they're much better. But uh, the Vikings they might. Homer take, I guess, probably. I'll I'll take the Dolphins to uh to cover here. If Tua somehow ends up playing, then then it's easy. I'm taking the the Dolphins in this one. I think with Teddy, I, I would expect it to be a much closer game. And I can still see the Vikings pulling one out, especially if Skylar Thompson ends up playing or starting. There's no get right game for a third string quarterback. There's no way. There's no way. But uh, just wait and see, Josh. <laughs> just uh, wait and see. Till I'm, I'm, wait till you watch my purple and gold. I'll take the Dolphins just because the Vikings haven't been good against the spread this year. And I'm going to take the Dolphins because I don't think we can put a complimentary game together. Um, our offense may be good, our offense may be bad. If our offense is bad, our defense will be good. If our defense is bad, our offense will be good. And you're asking the Vikings to play complimentary on the road, which I do not see happening. It hasn't happened all season. Um, regardless of who's, who plays quarterback, we're going to make him look good. I do think if Teddy plays, I think I don't think he's going to have a good game because Teddy is just slow, in my opinion. Um, you put Skylar Thompson there. I saw him make a couple of really nice plays last week, although they didn't win the game. Um, he's good at evading pressure, and we saw what Justin Fields did to our defensive line. Um, so you get Skylar Thompson uh, out on the run, and I, I think he can put up some points against us. Um, and it's going to be in warm temperatures. The Vikings are not used to that. They just think there's a lot of um, things against the Vikings right now. I don't think that they can put a uh, full game on the road, especially in Miami. I uh, haven't done so in a long time. I, I don't think we won Miami uh, in years, so I don't I don't see it happening. Um, so, Parker, I don't know what about you, but uh, I'm not taking the Vikings here. Well, I just wanted to um, to go back to what you're saying about, you know, you guys can't play a complimentary, complimentary game, and you forgot to mention special teams. So I just wanted you to, to, to mention special teams in there. It could be bad as well, so you just – have to mm -hmm. keep an eye out for that. But, um, man, oh, man. Uh, on paper, I would love to take the Vikings. I mean, on paper, you look at this team, you go, that 
all they got to do is just throw the ball to Justin Jefferson, run the ball. But I don't know. Like, I just can't bet for the Vikings. I have to go with Miami. I, I just have to. Mm-hmm. And there's not even like like warmness in my heart to, to pick the Vikings. Like, I, I, it's just it happens every single week. Something's gonna go wrong. It's just it's like a ticking. And yet line somehow you guys us. are four and one. <laughs> uh, we lost the games last year, and apparently we're winning them this year. We we figured out how to win uh, on last drives for games. I guess. What would so. you rather have, Iran? What would you rather have? An eight and nine season or a fourteen and three first round exit season? Mm. You know, you don't get that fourteen and three season much. So I think for that, I don't know. Oh man, that's a tough one. I don't like eight and nine because you don't get a good, you don't get the, the top draft pick. I think uh, I think I take fourteen and three so you can trade back earlier, um, <laughs> or just for the sake of the having draft. a fun season, man. Just right. right. the playoffs, playoffs is enough for me. First round exit, I don't care as long as we make it. Dude, yeah. I would take it. <laughs> That's not me, man. I want to win Super Bowls. <laughs> I'll take a fourteen and three, I guess, uh, just to make myself happy. But uh, Tony, what do you have on this game? Vikings minus three. I'll take Miami plus three. Yes, thank you guys. Please leave them now. <laughs> uh, next, we got, the, we got the Patriots visiting the Browns. Um, I mean, the Browns could easily be 5-0 and here, but uh, right now they're they're scheduled to win by three points at home against the Patriots. Uh, Parker? This is a weird one. Um, I am going to take the Patriots on the road in this one. I don't know. That team is just really weird and coached by Bill Belichick, and I don't know. Mm-hmm. I'll take the Patriots. And uh, Josh? Yeah, I also like the Patriots in this one, even with uh, Bailey Zappi. Jacoby Brissett just seems to consistently make mistakes, uh, spe- like particularly when the game is on the line uh, or in crunch time. Um <laughs> And and I mean the the Patriots have shown, you know, they were able to go into Lambeau, which I would argue is a probably a harder place to play than Cleveland, and they were to, able to take the Packers into overtime. So uh, I think that the the Patriots defense can keep them in this game, and it's hard to bet against Bill Belichick. So uh, I, I like the Patriots in this one. Mm-hmm. And uh, Tony, I'll keep it rolling. I'll take the Patriots as well on the road plus three. I, I can't bet against Bill Belichick. Um, I'm going with the Patriots here. Uh, moving on, we have the 49ers visiting the Falcons with San Francisco on the road being favored win by five and a half. Parker, I'm going to keep with San Francisco. I think that they win on the road in Atlanta. Okay, and Josh, man, um. You know, the the Falcons are actually the only team in the league that's undefeated against the spread this season. They're five and zero so far, and prop, props to you know the Falcons head coach. They're you know they're they're two and three, but they've been in pretty much every game. You know they haven't lost by more than I don't think three or four except for last week. And even then, they only lost by six. So uh, I, I think the 
the Falcons can at least keep it within, you know, like I said, all their games this year have been within six. Take out last week, they've all been within three or four. So I like the I like the Falcons to keep it within five and a half here. Uh, I think the 49ers still probably win this game. Uh, but uh, I do like the Falcons with the points. I have heard the, the 49ers are dealing with some injuries on defense. So I don't know. Uh, but, yeah, I like the Falcons with the points here. And uh, Tony? Definitely great points by Josh. Uh, I'm, I was also thinking that as well. Um, so, yeah, I'll take the Falcons uh, plus five and a half in this one. Okay. I, I like where uh, Shanahan is going with his team right now. Um, he gets them ready to play every single week, and I think uh, they take it on the road uh, and cover the spread. Um, next, we have the Bucks at Steelers. Um, this is a 12 o'clock game. Um, don't see a lot of uh, – uh, I think they played 12 o'clock last week, but I don't know. I'm just not used to seeing them at 12. But uh, Buccaneers at Steelers, Tampa Bay favored to win by eight points on the road, Parker. I'm going to take Tampa Bay on the road. I just don't trust that Pittsburgh team right now. Okay. And uh, Josh? Yeah, again, Kenny uh, Pickett's got a rough stretch of games here as a starter. Uh, I like the Buccaneers here by eight, even on the road. Okay. And uh, Tony, anything you want to go over before uh, predicting it? Uh, not necessarily. Um, I just uh, I think Tampa Bay will win again. Brady being at uh, I'm gonna say it at Heinz Field. Uh, it's always a good matchup and whatnot. So um, I know it's not Heinz Field anymore, but um, it's Acrisure Stadium. Acrisure. Yeah, yeah. yeah, but I'll, I'll take Buccaneers uh, minus eight here as well. Yeah, I think I'll take them on the road as well. Um, I think they're getting into a little bit more of a rhythm on offense with their passing game. But, uh, yeah, I'll take them. Um, next, we have the Bengals visiting the Saints. With now, I think the line is one and a half. It was two and a half. But now, Bengals, they're doing by one and a half on the road, Parker. Yeah, I am going to take the I'll, – I'll take the Bengals on the road in this one. I think that uh, they're going to bounce back after the loss last week. Okay. And I, I don't think T. Higgins is going to play. Um, he's probably going to be questionable throughout the week, but my guess is that he doesn't play. Uh, I don't know how accurate that's going to be, but uh, Josh, what about you? Yeah. Uh, is is Andy Dalton still starting, do we know, for the Saints? I haven't seen the practice report for Jameis yet. Um, so I would still say Andy Dalton, especially with the fractures that Jameis has. I I think they're going to keep him out. Mm, you know what? I'll, I don't know. I, I, I don't. I feel like it's going to be tough to say the Bengals can can win in Nolans, you know. But uh, Nolans, Nolans. I'll uh, I'll take the Bengals in this one. Okay, on the road, and uh, Tony. I'll take the Bengals as well. I think uh, the Saints' offense looks pretty great last week due to them playing Seattle. Um, if you remember, Seattle gave up 45 two weeks ago to um, Detroit. So definitely they got gashed again. So I, I think – and Taysom Hill just had uh, like a, he a heck of a game. So uh, I don't think that will happen again. So I'll take the Bengals uh, minus 1.5 or minus one, you know, one and a half. 
Yeah, this is a tough one. I mean, I thought, I think the Saints kind of got back on track with their pressure, but they still gave up a, a ton of points to Seattle. Their secondary is not good at all. Um, and they'll be facing Jamar Chase and Tyler Boyd and Hayden Hurst has had a good season and Joe Mixon still runs the ball very effectively. Um, I think the Bengals will find a way to pull it off on the road. Uh, so I'm going with the Bengals as well. Uh, next, we have the Ravens at um, the Giants, uh, four and one Giants hosting the three and two Ravens. Baltimore is favored to win on the road by five. Parker. Yeah, this might be one of the more harder games that we pick all week. This Giants team is sneaky good. Um, I'm going to take the Giants to actually, um, whatever, the other, cover, not cover, whatever, in this one. The other thing that's not covering. Plus five. Gotcha. Yeah, and Josh. Five. Yeah, uh, the Giants actually are four and one this season against the spread. Uh, this one's tricky again because, you know, the Giants are four and one. The Ravens are three and two, could very easily be five and oh. Um, and so I, I I do like the Giants to, you know, they might not win, but I think they can they can keep it close. So I'll, I'll take the Giants uh, with the five here. Uh, and Tony? Uh, I I guess I'll be the odd man. I'll I'll take the Ravens minus five. I th I think they get it done. Yeah, I'm uh, taking the Ravens as well. The temperatures are dropping. That means more uh, running um, for both teams, and I think the Ravens will run the heck out of the ball uh, on the road, and I'll be taking them. Um, moving on, we have the Jets at Packers. Um, Packers are back in the states after leaving London with an L. Uh, they'll be hosting the Jets three and two versus three and two. Green Bay is favored to win by seven. Parker. As much as I want to say that the Jets can, you know, make this game a game, the Packers at home are just so good. So I'm going to take the uh, Packers in this one. Okay. And uh, Josh. Yeah, I almost want to say that the Jets can keep it within seven, but uh, I'll take the Packers at home minus seven. Also, kind of like the under of 46 in this one. I don't see the Jets hanging up 42 weeks in a row. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And uh, Tony? Uh, I'll take uh, Mr. Rogers at Lambeau as well. The Packers minus seven. Yeah, I think it's kind of about time that you see Rogers explode for a game, and this could be it. Um, I think, Josh, you may have something on it, but Rogers has not performed well in fantasy, but um, he has a nice, juicy home matchup against the Jets, who are sneaky good in the secondary with Sauce Gardner having um, a great rookie campaign so far, but I'm taking the Packers at home. Um, Jaguars, they travel to uh, the Colts, who are coming off their Thursday night win last week. They have a lot of time um, to rest up, especially Jonathan Taylor. Um, I assume he's going to be back in the lineup, Parker. Um, the Colts... Uh, with uh, a two-point uh, favorite here at home against the Jags. I, I don't see how how they can be favored in this game, if I'm being quite honest with you. Uh, that offensive line, very pathetic and atrocious. Um, I'm going to take the Jags on the road. Plus, the Colts against the Jags, haven't they just, like, struggled recently? Yeah. So, uh, I think I'll... Yeah, yeah, they have. It's usually in Jacksonville, though. That's the yeah. weird yeah, I don't know. I don't. I just don't think it matters. Matt. Matt Ryan. He. He just. I think the ice is melted, man. I don't think he's got it no more. <laughs> I don't blame you there, Parker. Uh, what about you, Josh? Um. 
don't really what I don't know the Colts. Like, how did the Colts beat the Chiefs? You know, like right. It just I don't right, know. Right. right, like nearly lost to the Texans, but beat the Chiefs. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> the, this feels like such. If I was putting actual money on this, like there on the NFL this week, I would completely avoid this game. But for whatever reason, I just feel like I'll I'll take the Colts at home minus two. And uh, Tony, uh, I'll believe in uh, Mr. Lawrence. I guess I, I just I, I don't know, just a toss up. I'll take uh, Jacksonville plus two. Okay. Um, I have to go on my knees for this one, Jonathan Taylor. Please, oh my. we we, oh my. we need a game out of you, Mr. <laughs> Jonathan Taylor. I mean, I'm, I don't know how many games we can go with these mediocre performances. Like, get you're injured, you are back. You've had more than a week to get ready at home against a divisional opponent. Got embarrassed in Jacksonville. It's time to win a game at home and dominate. Jonathan Taylor, you got me, buddy. Colts cover. Let's go. Moving on. We have the Cardinals visiting the Seahawks, and I think we are at the 3 o'clock games now. Um, The Cardinals looks like they are getting three uh, on the road against Seattle. Parker. Man, oh, man. I don't know if I trust this Cardinals team. Um... I am going to take – I think I'll take Seattle at home in this game. Yeah. Having a good year so far, scoring a lot of points. What about you, Josh? Yeah, the the Cardinals I don't think are, are nearly as good as we really expected them to be this year. Uh, I don't think they get DeAndre Hopkins back until next week, right? I think he's coming back this week. I, I, maybe I read something wrong, but let's uh, – Okay. Um, regardless, I don't think regardless, even if he comes back, it's not going to help their defense out any, you know. Uh, uh, so I, I like Seattle at home in this one, and I also like the the over in the the over fifty one. I feel like neither of these teams have particularly good defenses. This could be a, a high scoring affair. Okay. Yeah. Um. He is not back. He'll be back next week against uh the Saints. Um, Tony, what do you think? Um, you know, it's very interesting because I don't really like – I feel like I can't pick either. You know, I, I want to pick Seattle, but their defense is meh. I want to pick the Cardinals because at times they've looked really solid, but then again, also their defense is pretty meh. Uh, I guess just because I'll, – I'll take the Seahawks uh, plus three at home just because. Okay. G and- I, I love that, Tony. And Josh, I while you were saying your prediction, I was looking up something, uh, and I didn't hear what you said. So who are you taking again? I'm taking the Seahawks. Okay. Plus three. Dang, no one, no one, nobody has the Cardinals uh, winning this game. That's interesting. Should I, should I be the one? I mean, they've had success on the road. I mean, you're Seattle. picking too. <laughs> you can pick. I mean, can I can I break the barrier here? I think I'll take the Cardinals at home. They are oh, desperate. They're not oh, at home on the road. Um, guy. I don't know. They they play well against the Seahawks and especially mm-hmm. on the road. Maybe that continues. I see them winning. I just I don't know that they win by much more than three if, if they do, you know. Right. See. Yeah. 
Um, next, we have the Panthers um, being led. Oh, pardon me, we forgot to mention this. Baker Mayfield probably out for several several weeks. Uh, PJ yes, Walker, yes, yeah, yep. PJ Walker taking the starting gig um, for the Panthers, and they are heading to LA, who des- desperately need a win. Is this a trap game for them, Parker? They uh, the Rams are uh, favored to win by ten and a half at home. I'm gonna stick with the Rams just because I just don't have any faith in that in that in that Panthers team. Although they could be better without Baker, I don't really know. So I'm just gonna stay safe and pick the Rams. Yeah, Baker was bad, and maybe that shows up uh, this weekend. But uh, Josh, what about you? Is Sam Darnold also injured? I'm assuming he is. If they're going to PJ, right? Yeah, he's injured, should be back in maybe a couple of weeks to come off of IR and maybe take that starting spot back. Mm. Uh, I guess Matt Corral's not ready yet, huh? Um, not for the season. He's not for the season, I believe. Oh, 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 oh okay, interesting. Um, you know what? I'll, I'll, ooh, I might eat my words on this one. I'll say that with ooh. Matt Rule gone and their defensive coordinator gone, I'll say that this is a game where the Panthers try to really show up and make it seem like. Matt was the problem, not the team. So I'll say the team kind of rallies in this one. I don't know that they win, but I'll say that they keep it within 10 and a half. Okay. And uh, Tony? That's a good point. Um, I, I think I'll take the Rams at home. I think that's a smart thing. <laughs> right, yeah. Minus 10 is so big, too. Like, oh, man. Ten and a half—that's a big point differential. But yeah, I'll, I'll take it. Yeah, you really gotta. Yeah, you gotta expect the Rams to play better defensively. They've been leaky all year. Um, it's a tough. Yeah. This is a tough spread to pick against because I don't yeah. know if they're the other than Panthers last week. The Panthers down. haven't lost by ten all season. Interesting. Yeah. And now, like, I don't know if you totally fall off a cliff with the coach and the quarterback. Uh, changing or you kind of get better from there so that's exactly. that's interesting um it might just be a christian mccaffrey day and i don't know he can put a lot of points up and i think they they keep they keep within 10 and a half i'm going to take the panthers to cover that um so i'm with you josh hopefully it works out for us but um next i'm surprised that this is not the sunday night game but we do have a good sunday night game uh, nonetheless, the Bills um, traveling to uh, Kansas City. These are always classic matchups. Uh, Parker, 4-1 and one, uh, versus 4-1. and one. The Bills are able to win by 2.5 on the road. Oh, sorry, now it's 3 on the road for Buffalo. I don't know. Mahomes is just seems like he's just playing so good right now. I, I, I think I'll stick with my guy Mahomes, and I'll, I'll, I'll take the uh, Chiefs at, at home in this one. Okay. And uh, Josh? Yeah, Bill Belichick and Pat Mahomes, two guys you don't really bet against. But I'm going to do it. I'm going to oh. make Buffalo here. I'm taking the Bills. I'm calling it now. The Bills are going to beat the Chiefs this week. They're going to get their hopes up, and they're going to lose to them in the playoffs, just like last year. <laughs> oh, that's juicy. I love that. Tony. I like it. Juicy like a burger. Uh, oh, yeah. Man. Uh I have to take the Chiefs in this one. I, I really I, I really do. I just I know at times they look like how they looked last night or against the Raiders, but man oh man when they feel like when they get that momentum going and that stadium's rocking, oh man, I mean they're like 
probably the most dangerous team in the NFL. And I know they're playing the Bills, and the Bills are coming off a immaculate offensive performance. Um, I'll take yeah, I'll I'll, I'll take the safer. I'll take the Chiefs uh, plus three at home. Chiefs is home underdogs is a, is usually a safe bet. Right. Right. I, I, we saw some, I don't know, we saw some holes with the Chiefs, especially in the first quarter and second quarter of the game um, for them. And I think if you get a better team in there, I think they take advantage of it. And the Chief, and the Bills are probably one of the best teams to take advantage of any mishap from uh, their opponent because they have such a high-powered offense. I think I'm going to take the Bills on the road um, to cover, actually. And they, they played well against them last year on the road, and I think they'll keep that same recipe. Uh, we'll be seeing some bombs down the field, hopefully, uh, or it might be a defensive game. Who knows? But I think the Bills uh, win this one on the road. Uh, but Sunday Night Football next, we have the Cowboys at the Eagles with um, Philly being um, favored to win by five at home. Parker. Yeah, some's got to give here in this game. The undefeated quarterback for Dallas and the undefeated Philadelphia Eagles. So this one should definitely be uh, one of the games of the week. Uh, I'm going to have to go with Philadelphia. I just think as an overall team, they are just better than uh, Dallas is right now. I think their defense is and, better uh, too. Yeah, these division matchups are always uh, pretty good though. So, uh, Josh, what about you? Um, yeah, the Cowboys are also uh, they're four and one, and they're they're four and one against the spread as well. So they're they're pretty good. Um, I will. Is is there any chance Dak Prescott starts, or do you think they're still rolling with with Cooper? That's a good question. Um, Filming this podcast, it's a Tuesday, and the, I mean, I don't even think he, I'm not sure if he practiced today, but they said they're going to give him a try and try him out. So um, I think it's 50 50, honestly. Literally a 50 50 for Dak. Okay. I feel like that's going to be a controversy regardless. Imagine they bring him back and they lose again, you know? Um, <laughs> yeah. But considering just for the fact that it's a, a divisional game, I'll say that I'll, I'll take the Cowboys plus five. But I expect the Eagles to win this game. Okay. It'd be like a field goal game. Yeah. 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 What about you, Tones? Man, another great matchup. I, I really do think that, yeah, this for the the Bills Chiefs could have been this game for sure. Um, you know, it's really hard to go against Cooper Rush um, just because of what he's been able to do, I guess. Um, but also the Eagles, man. I mean, they just, they always find a way. Um, I will say they, they looked kind of, after getting out of that 14-0 lead yet last week, they did sputter. Um, they did get the win, obviously. But um, you know what? I'll, I'll be the crazy one in the room. I'll take the Cowboys plus five on the road. I think they keep the, the winning streak going. Crazy. Wow, that's a, that is an upset. Um, I, I'm going to st- stick with the home uh, Eagles here. I think they have – a uh, Super Bowl contending team, and I think it continues against a division opponent, although the Cowboys will keep it close, I think. But uh, moving on to Monday Night Football, here we go again. Broncos on prime time. Um, Beautiful. Facing, yeah, facing the Chargers uh, in L.A. Parker Chargers are, win, are predicted to win by five points at home. Yeah, there really is no discussion for this one. Um, Chargers. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah that... Broncos offense is a is a pain to watch. Chargers are also four and one against the spread. 
I like the Chargers here. Okay. And don't. You know what? They should pay us to have to watch this Broncos team. Yikes. Uh, Chargers. Yeah. Chargers minus 20. I'll take the Chargers. I love it. it. Yeah, let's ride on out of here. Um, I'm taking the Chargers. Uh, (laughs) And uh, just uh, there's four teams on buys. The the Lions, the Titans, the Raiders, and Texans. So they will be watching from their couches. Um, and we will be listening to Josh's fantasy outlook. Take it away, Josh. Yep, gotcha. Cool. So, uh, recapping last week, uh, well, first off, going back to what you mentioned earlier, Aaron Rodgers, yeah, in terms of fantasy, uh, he put up his highest points, uh, yet or so far 16.8, or at least in the league that I had him in. Um, he's ranked 19th for his position, though, which is uh, a bit of a surprise. Um, Back to your regularly scheduled programming. So week five studs for the quarterbacks, Geno Smith and Carson Wentz were again in the top ten. And Jimmy G and Marcus Mariota uh, both finally cracked their way in the top ten as well for, the I think, the first time this season. Uh, Fun little fact, Carson Wentz, according to ESPN projections, has either boomed or busted every week. He has yet to perform average. It's one or the other with him. Um, going into running backs, Austin Eckler, uh, running back one this past week, had a great performance. Josh Jacobs was third. Brees Hall against the Dolphins was fourth. I think he had, like, uh, two receptions for 70-plus yards or so, or a rush and a reception for 70-plus. They get to the one, sub him out, bring in Michael Carter. He punches in the touchdown. Uh, and then Tevin Coleman, actually, uh, was the 10th ranked, I believe, this past week. Uh, Wide receivers, Gabe Davis was wide receiver one. Uh, Tyler Lockett was fourth, uh, a new name. Deami Brown was sixth this past week. And Khalil Shakir of Buffalo and Alec Pierce uh, from the Colts were, you know, each around 15 points apiece. Uh, As far as tight ends go, two of the top three, as expected, Travis Kelsey, Mark Andrews, uh, the top tight end this past week, the biggest surprise, Taysom Hill. Uh, I guess it helps when you have a tight end that can throw 30-yard touchdown passes. Uh, As far as duds go, uh, obviously I started Teddy Bridgewater in one of my leagues. He got injured on the first play of the game, so zero points. And then Skylar Johnson had a full game to work with and only had two or three fantasy points, so he didn't do much either. Cooper Rush, uh, he didn't do much last week. If I'm not mistaken, he barely had 100 yards passing, even though they won that game. Uh, Jared Goff, for what's been a good offense, bad defense, uh, they were bad at both this past week. Uh, And then Russell Wilson, I don't even think he had 10 points this past week. We've heard apparently he's been playing through some type of shoulder injury, um, but rough. As far as running back, Zamir White was the only running back with negative points, so unfortunately have to shout him out. Uh, also started Jameer Hines in a different league. Um, and as we know, he got injured on, like, the first drive of the game, concussion, uh, finished with, like, two points or something. Uh, Damien Harris was also knocked out due to injury. Uh, Cam Akers had a pretty poor performance, around three points. Uh, and then Clyde Edwards, Hilaire, and Najee Harris didn't really perform up to their standard like they had this past year. 
As far as wide receivers, common theme this week, T. Higgins knocked out due to injury. Uh, kind of hurt his uh, hurt his point total this past week. Uh, Mac Hollins, he was wide receiver two two weeks ago, had zero points in that Monday night game against the Chiefs. Uh, Jalen Waddle, not a huge surprise, playing with the third string, even though Tyreek still managed to put up uh, decent numbers. Uh, Amon Ross St. Brown didn't do so hot, and then A.J. Brown also didn't do uh, quite up to standard this past week. As far as tight ends, uh, Darren Waller started him, got injured early in the first quarter, didn't play the rest of the game. Um, Dalton Schultz, I think he put up a goose egg. And then uh, Tyler Conklin, I don't think he did much this past week either. And going into next uh, – goose egg, yeah. Uh, And then going into uh, some week six uh, predictions, uh, if Geno Smith is available, I would 100% snag him. I'm pretty sure I'm starting him over Russell Wilson in one of my leagues. I managed to pick him up. Um, Kirk, do we think Kirk can – I mean – I think Kirk could have a decent week this week. Um, the Dolphins haven't been good on defense, man. They're – I don't know what it is. Uh, haven't been able to generate pressure. Haven't been great in coverage. Uh, at, at best, they've been a bend-don't-break. They give up a lot of yards and not a lot of scores, I guess. But even that hasn't been too true as of late. Also, uh, quite possibly the best matchup for Justin Fields that he's had this season, right? Uh, against the Commanders at home. Do we dare take a shot with Justin Fields? <laughs> no! Thanks, <laughs> Um Going into uh, running backs, I like Melvin Gordon here. Apparently, Russell Wilson can't throw the ball. I don't know. And then uh, Ramondre Stevenson, he's going to see uh, uh, an uptick in usage just because of uh, Damian Harris's injury. Uh, so, like him. Uh, as far as wide receivers, I really tried to go for, like, reaches this week. You know, like, guys that you wouldn't expect much out of. Um, so, I, I like DJ Moore. DJ Moore has actually been a consistent, like, 10 points, give or take, just purely off of PPR and yards. He still struggles to get in the end zone. Uh, if he can finally break through, I, I like DJ. Uh, if Julio Jones plays, I don't know that he does, but if he does, I like him this week. And I'm also uh, big on Brandon Ayuk. Uh, a lot of my uh, picks this week, and as we're going on into the season, they're not as they're not strictly projection based anymore. They're a lot more heavily based off of matchups. Um, going into tight ends, if Zach Ertz is available, uh, I think he'd be a great option. Uh, again, against the Dolphins, Irv Smith, I think it's a possibility. He has a decent day. Uh, the Dolphins did shut down Tyler Conklin, but, I mean, Irv Smith, who knows? Uh, and then uh, if you're looking for a waiver wire pickup, both of these guys are rostered in like 33% or less of leagues. Uh, Will Disley, I think that Seattle offense is a lot better than we were expecting this year, or Evan Ingram. Uh, he seems to be a, a decent target. Trevor Lawrence seems to spread the ball out pretty good in Jacksonville, so it's hard to really pick which one of his uh, receiving options is going to pop off that week. But I think Evan Ingram is uh, serviceable. Uh, also, if you can land Taysom Hill, like, why not? I'm, I'm to the point in my fantasy league where if you don't have Zach – or not Zach – if you don't have Travis Kelsey or Mark Andrews, Literally anybody else at the tight end position feels like a toss-up. So 
At this point, I'm almost willing to take my chances with Taysom Hill. He's had his fair share of weeks where he only has one point, and he's probably more likely to put up one point than 30. But we obviously know he has the upside. And if, if I'm going to get two points from anybody, I'd rather get it from the one guy that could also give me 25. So I'm going to ride with Taysom Hill in all the leagues that I can just because I'm tired of trying to find, you know, Pat Fryers or, you know, Higby or Hayden Hurts and those guys just dudding on me, you know. So um, and uh, some predictions for the duds for this week. Um some of the tougher matchups, at least according to the ESPN rankings, uh, Herbert Mahomes, uh, and I'm very down on Marcus Mariota this week. I know he's probably a streaming option for a lot of teams, but against the 49ers defense, even if they're banged up, odd, uh, I wouldn't try it. Um, running backs, uh, McCaffrey and Kamara don't really have great matchups this week. Um, going into the receivers, uh, I have Keenan Allen on one of my teams. I'm thinking about starting Adam Thielen over Keenan Allen, honestly. Um, and then uh, I'm down on Christian Kirk and Rashad Bateman this week. Keenan and Rashad, they're both guys that are kind of coming off of an injury. Uh, and so I feel like I'm always low on those guys because you never know if they're going to go out there for two or three plays and say, oh, you know what, it's whatever still hurts and they're done, you know, so – and then as far as my duds for the tight end position, uh, I think Tyler Conklin again uh, this week. Uh, down on Hayden Hurts this week, tougher matchup. And I'm down on Kyle Pitts. Kyle Pitts has put up like three points every week this year. Uh, I don't see him doing any better against the 49ers defense. So uh, that's, that's a wrap. That's all I've got. Uh, I'll try to start keeping a, like a saved record of some of these going forward so I can actually see if I – if I ever hit on any of these or not. Josh, Josh, you think I should just drop Kyle Pitts? It's sad considering the draft capital that I used on him. I think you may be able to get a trade if there's somebody in your league that still believes in his upside. But, I mean, we're five weeks into the season, and it's getting to the point where it's like he is who he is. And, and – I would definitely try to trade him first. I don't know that I would drop him completely. It just is so wild to me that they don't try to put him in, like, at wide receiver or something like that, given his size and given his speed. Yeah, it exactly. makes absolutely no sense to me. You know, you know, even giving him the ball in the backfield like they do with Cordero Patterson, I, I just don't understand why they wouldn't try to get him more involved in this offense. Uh, yeah, it, it confuses me as well. Um. You would think they would come around eventually. Uh, personally, I think I'm going to try to stash him in most of my leagues just because I, I for what he's worth, I drafted him too early. Uh, so, I'm, like, you know, I might start Taysom Hill over him uh, until proven otherwise. But, I mean, I think it's safe to say I, I wouldn't drop him just yet. But, I, I mean, he'd certainly be on the trade block for me at least. Gotcha. Yeah, for real. He's quite possibly dud of the year. Like he was a consensus tight end three behind Kelsey yeah. and Andrews. For real. Yeah. But is that all you got, Josh? I think so. Yeah, that's all for me. 
All right. Well, that's going to do it. Uh, the schedule gets juicier. We uh, have the weather getting colder and we got some butts getting hotter. So uh, juicy time here uh, in football. Uh, we'll talk to you guys uh, on the next episode. Don't forget to like, uh, comment, subscribe, do whatever the heck you want to do. And we will talk to you guys in the next episode. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.